Hey everybody, Mark here. Thanks so much for tuning in. And it was such a fun time hanging out with you all at the Mountain View campus this past week. If you missed our volunteer fair, there are still some opportunities to say yes to getting involved in what we're doing here at Menlo. And a special invitation for you if you're interested in being a part of our creative team that is worship online production tech, anything in that realm, creative things in general, like social media, podcasts, any of that, we're having a creative team night this Friday night at 6.30 to 8 o'clock at the Saratoga campus. We would love to see you there. So this is our invite to you. If you are interested in that, please let me know so I can RSVP you and get you some free food. Come on. So uh, again, all of this, all of what we're doing here is made possible by you and your support. Thank you so much for your encouragement. If I got to talk to you this past weekend, thanks so much for, for tuning in. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this midweek podcast where we're talking about one mission over many, many generations with Phil Eubank. Welcome to Menlo Midweek, everybody. My name is Mark. My name is Jessica. And Phil's back with us. Woo! Hey, everybody. Thanks for That's being all. here, Phil. That's it. That's our midweek podcast. Big gap. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to talk about one thing before we get started. Okay. And that Ooh, is back is to school traffic. Mm-hmm. Because it's miserable. I'm on an e-bike, so I get to laugh at all the cars that I'm like passing <laughs> on my way and trying not to get like open doored by on oh my, my way in, which is kind of scary. But I could see that if I, if I was driving to my normal commute, it would probably have taken twice, if not three times as long. Yep. And your commute is not that long. No. Yeah, it's not that Normally. long. Normally. But just thoughts and prayers for those that are driving yeah. as, as there are Maybe crazy listening drivers. to this podcast. Exactly. As they're stuck yeah. in like, Drive <laughs> safer. It's going to be okay. Deep yeah. breaths. Yeah. That's right. Deep breaths. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> but yeah, um, we've been praying also as a central prayer team every Monday at 9.15. And we've gotten a lot of prayer requests from people texting in or sending us messages about awesome. kids going back to school mm-hmm. and transitions. And so just let, you know, if you are one of those people, we've been praying for you. And I just hope that uh, as you're getting into a new routine, um, hopefully safe driving in the morning could be part of that. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's certainly going to be slow driving. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And your kids are homeschooled, right? Uh, our oldest is homeschooled, okay. and then our daughter is at King's Academy in sixth grade. Okay. Oh, cool. And then our, two of our boys uh, will start at Oak Knoll yeah. tomorrow. Okay. So nice. School right here in Menlo Park. It's so coming. It is coming. Yeah. It's and coming. Alyssa, I mean, she, she was like, I don't even have all of them in the places that they're going to be yet, and I'm already annoyed by how much I'm driving. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I am so sorry. Sorry, so, bye. I got to go to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I thought it'd be fun uh, if we could share maybe a back-to-school memory that we have, whether that's with your family, with your kids, whether that's you personally. Um, I remember it's kind of predating the back-to-school experience, but I, I haven't really thought about this in a long time. But my family, we would always save up the coupons for um, – it wasn't Ross. It was another store, another department store. Okay. And we, we would pile up all these coupons throughout the summer and we just go hard with back to school <laughs> stuff. And I thought about this the other day because there were some Reeboks that were in Nordstrom when I was walking through. Oh, gosh. And I had those in seventh grade because they were like one of the cheapest ones that you could get with those, um, uh, with the coupons. 
and now they're back in style. And I, I felt like bought, I did it. I just bought a pair of black high top Converse. Yes. And I had a pair in second grade that I wore for like four years. And mm-hmm. I don't know how because my feet grew. All of my other, they were like sisterhood of the magic pa- magic shoes. <laughs> okay. Because they, they like fit me for a very long time when none of my other shoes were that size anymore. I don't know what happened. But Interesting. Anyways. I'm going to guess that they probably started a little big. Probably. Yeah, so. <laughs> my mom guess. was actually probably smart. Yeah, probably yeah, bigger yeah. rather than smaller. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a hunch. Yeah. That's good. Interesting. Jess, Phil? Um, yeah, the first thing, well, the first thing that came to mind is my nephew started preschool today for the very oh, first time. Yeah. So my sister-in-law said a big shirt. He's so Aww. adorable. So I was just like, oh, he's so big now. <laughs> so I don't know how parents do it because I can't even hold, handle it with my nephew. Um, what was the other thing I thought of? I loved like buying school supplies for sure. That okay. was like my favorite thing. Most of the memories I have of back to school are like going to, I went to Books and Elementary in San Jose. And I remember going like, I don't know, some at some point during the summer, they would post like your class. And I just remember going to like, see if your friends were gonna be there and then see who was in your class and reading who you're, finding out who your teacher is and all of that stuff. And I just remember like the drama and the excitement and the buzz and all of this stuff. Um, And now they, they like supposedly most places give them like the schedule, like the day before, or you Mm -hmm. find out your teacher, like, which is kind of smart. Cause then you can't, don't have time to try to fight it. (laughs) But like, I just remember going in like the summer to find that stuff out. I remember that too. They posted it in on like the kindergarten classrooms of my elementary school because mm-hmm. they could like unlock the gates there that they would trap yeah. the kindergartners in. Yeah, it was so like would, <laughs> there was a wing yeah. that was like the offices and right. the kindergartners. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And then all the class or like all the classes would be posted. And I remember just being so nervous going with my mom yeah. and my brother, like who's going to be in my class? Am I going to like my teacher? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's good. Uh, I remember going to get school stuff and I'm the youngest of four. And I was definitely treated the best of all of my siblings in terms of like getting ready for school. I think some of that was like where my parents were in their career by the time I came around. My oldest brother's 15 years older than me. So, um, but then in addition to that, it'd be like, hey, you know, we're going to get you an outfit. And I'd get like a whole new wardrobe and my mom would be like, take off the tags, throw out the tags. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so it was like a thing every year. Uh, and then I, uh, yeah, I remember pretty vividly the first year in high school when, uh, I was like driving my own car on my own to school and that was like this really cool, fun milestone. It felt like you were, it felt like you were in like a made for TV movie about Mm -hmm. high school all of a sudden, you know, you just got to, and now I look back and I was like, oh my gosh, we let kids do that. That seems (laughs) right. They do not see, I was not ready. Um, yeah. But yeah, some some interesting memories of, of childhood go back to school life. Definitely, I was yeah. always in a music video when I was driving, mm, not yeah. a back to school. It was like that a home shock movie. Me at all. Was, yeah, I was just yeah. listening mm-hmm. to my own music because uh, the, before that, my brother drove to school sure. and he had to listen yeah. to his music, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't didn't want to listen to like NSYNC or anything. Weird. I don't know. That was really weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shocking. <laughs> huh, that's too bad. What was your what car were you driving? Uh, so my first car that I owned was a 2000 Hyundai Accent, um, two door hatchback. And, uh, I put 
way too much time and money into that car. So it was <laughs> silver and then it had like limo tint level dark tint, but it was silver tint on the outside. So it matched the car what? and I had blue lights underneath it and blue lights under the Just seats. living your fast and, and furious I had a, lifestyle. Like, <laughs> I had a PlayStation with a no. screen in the glove compartment. <gasps> I had two 10 inch subwoofers in the trunk. I had changed out all of my gauge cluster and everything in front of me to be blue lights so that it all matched. Um, yeah, it was- You it, did all of that? It was a lot. Yeah, yeah. So wow. everything that was like electronic technology for my car and all my friends' cars, that was kind of my space. Yeah. And then I had a couple buddies that were more like the gearheads and like sure. engine and exhaust and stuff, and they would do that. So yeah, it was wildly oh reckless and stupid. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me at all, but it kind of surprises yeah. me at the same time. <laughs> like, as you say it, it makes sense, or I could see it happening, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have led with that. What yeah. was your first car? Or 1984 Toyota Corolla. Nice. It was a Long year older than Corollas. myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was gold, but it was so old oh, that it was, like, yeah. rusted, like so the top gold, yeah. was, like, yes. spotted. Um, I had a, a recent... I recently remembered... Uh, unlocked a memory of we had the CD player that you like had the face plate on it mm -hmm. and you had to push a button because oh, yeah. you had to yeah. like hide oh, it sure. or take it with you. <laughs> yeah. That was actually my second that. car. My first car had like the dial yeah. radio because mm -hmm. it was uh -huh. so old. And so I took my um, my Walkman, yeah. my disc man, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's red. I, I still have it. No, it was l uh, just my CD player. Uh -huh. And I had two little mini speakers that you could plug nice. in and I had that just sitting on my front seat. So I, I could listen to music. Yeah. yeah, so our stereos were a little different. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. I was playing PlayStation and you're yeah. trying to like yeah, yeah. make yeah, it I so it doesn't click. I did not 16? play PlayStation yeah. while driving. I just want to let good. everyone yeah. know that drive-throughs, maybe. Sure. Yeah. I did not do yeah. it while driving. Though. I, I think my car cost like $400 because it was like a yeah. neighbor, a friend. Nice. It was like a church person's neighbor was selling it and my parents paid for half. So I only nice. had to pay $200 yeah, for yeah. this car. Worth it. I think my glove compartment PlayStation was about $400. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we so were not funny. the same. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What was yours, Mark? Mine was a... Like late 1990s Chevy Silverado. Yes. Ooh. Like the really long one where okay. you could fit like a whole plywood in the back and yes. then it had like or a little half friends. seat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we had this thing called Senior Sunrise, which was oh, yeah. before the first day of school. They would have pancakes in the parking lot and all the seniors should come early. And so I put a couch and like yes. a little setting in the back yes. and that's where we ate our pancakes. And then that couch just lived in there until it rained. And then I was like, what do I do oh, now? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oops. I don't really remember what I did with that couch. Incredible. Yeah. It's by the side of the road somewhere. It's, it's still there. It's <laughs> still there somewhere. It's someone else's couch yeah, now. Yeah, oh, I hope not. I hope that couch wow. is in a dump. I hope so too. Memory lane. Memory mm -hmm. lane. Wow. And that's kind of what we're talking about this weekend. Yep. Mm -hmm. Menlo 150 generations combing until now. So Phil, mm -hmm. it was a bit of a palate cleanse because we were in what a series that felt like forever mm -hmm. before this. Mm -hmm. And now we have this weekend where we are trying to focus on the future. Mm -hmm. And so that must've been fun. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, usually this time of year, I have kind of a rhythm personally, and I think Menlo has the rhythm to say, hey, everybody, welcome back. You right. know, like yeah. right. people <laughs> right. have been, uh, you know, kind of dipping in and dipping out over the course of the summer and maybe listening online. But, um, you know, I, I know that at lots of our campuses this weekend, we saw lots of folks who were gearing up for school and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and they're all back at once. And so trying to be... 
just one place in their life that uh, is hopefully offering them just a reminder of God's love and care for them and faithfulness at Menlo and uh, a chance for them to not just have a return return to a weekly weekly routine of worship attendance, but to something more than that. And mm-hmm. so hopefully folks got that message this weekend. Yeah. How common is it or how unique is it that a church is 150 years old? Uh, well, how unique is it, I would say, for a church to be 150 years old in America? Yep. Very yeah. Unique. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, how unique is it for a church that's 150 years old in America that isn't a handful of people. Very, very unique. Mm. How unique is it for a church that's 150 years old in America that has a large number of people, uh, maintains some measure of theological orthodoxy in Silicon Valley? It's kind of a unicorn. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think Menlo is extremely unique when you take into account all of these things that make Menlo Menlo, where we are and sort of the journey of the last few years. I think that the so I say oftentimes that like Menlo has just such good bones. Like <coughs> as a church, we have uh, some incredible people and an incredible legacy. And even after all these generations, with one mission that we've stayed faithful to, I think God's been incredibly kind and gracious. Yeah. To quote country singer Marin Morris, "The mm. house don't fall if the bones mm. are good." Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks. Would Jeff. you like to sing that? <laughs> Just, just, just of course she would. To, just yeah. to place it. <laughs> Hold, Hold on, on, I'll get the right yeah, yeah. key. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's so <laughs> funny. And so you chatted a little bit about the history <laughs> of Menlo and a story about it being $500 at one point. Oh so gosh. for those that might have missed it, why don't you run us through that yeah, brief history yeah, yeah. and overlook of how we got to here? Uh, yeah, so we talked about 1873 is when Menlo started. 13 members uh, when things got started. Menlo bought a one-acre property. It was at Chestnut in um, Santa mm-hmm. Cruz, I believe. Uh, and we purchased it, or it was valued at $500 at the time. One acre, wow. downtown Menlo Park. Jeez. $500. Uh, and then built the first building, which I showed a picture of. Mm-hmm. Uh, 160 seats were in the building, and it was $4,000 for the building. So Ooh. if you're... If you're great at math, that's $4,500 property and land for the first 160 people that attended Menlo. Wow. Uh, started by 13 people. That's amazing, right? Wow. So, uh, yeah, I think that group of people, I, I think a lot of times when you're in this pioneering space, you look around and you're like, do we really need to build this big? Do we really need to put a church here? Mm-hmm. Um, and they did because they mm-hmm. saw a future that nobody else did. That's what vision does. Yeah. And when you use the term pioneer, mm-hmm. those that might be familiar with that language in a church context, might kind of understand. But for those that don't, what what how are you using pioneer in in terms of? Yeah, I mean, I think that our region uh, has this idea of a pioneering spirit just as a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So you think about the gold rush and mm-hmm. people that are going, I'm going to go to that area. I'm going to strike it rich. I'm going to make a life for myself. I'm going to try something brand new. And if you've seen any like documentaries or like period piece movies, that was a brutal journey to mm-hmm. get here from other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And so by the time people got here, there were usually a number of different paths that would get them here. But there was this sense of exploration, this sense of innovation, this idea of I'm going to pioneer something new in a new place with new people uh, that I think set this region apart from lots of the country at the time. And I think that... 
Menlo and this region has sort of preserved that, right? We're still pioneering into the future uh, mm -hmm. ideas and innovation that really help shape what happens in the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we at Menlo have kind of used that language as uh, in the past, at least, of pioneering the next campus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep. And so we've had folks that have been at Menlo Park and they've pioneered Mountain View and then they, and they pioneered Saratoga and then San Jose and then they're back at Saratoga. So there's a lot of that history in there as well that's right, right. pretty cool. And we're so grateful for those people who did all of that. Yeah, well, and there's an organization called the Church of the Pioneers Foundation, mm -hmm. which was started back in the 70s uh, that exists as a separate nonprofit to Menlo to serve the work of Menlo. And so several of our commercial properties, Church of the Pioneers uh, owns, and then a whole bunch of residential properties that make it possible for uh, specific staff members to live for a rate that, well, still expensive because of where we live, mm -hmm. is, is possible. Um, that really the faithfulness of 50 years ago, sort of the compound interest of decade after decade after decade allows us to be in the position that we're in today. Speaking of 50 years ago, do we know if there was a 100-year celebration or anything about there it? There was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a 100-year celebration. Uh, it was, I mean, Menlo was a very different church uh, 50 years ago. And so uh, I believe that the th there was like a pretty modest, in contrast, uh, financial initiative for some work around the globe. That was kind of the big push hmm. that they did. I was talking to Bill Frimmel about it. Hmm. Uh, Bill Frimmel, shout out, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> he also is on Church of the Pioneers. He's been at uh, Menlo for a very long time. He's a neighbor of mine too. Um, but he was talking about it and he's actually working on something that we'll release as like an ebook uh, that breaks down sort of a detailed history of kind of moments like that throughout Menlo's history. Oh, cool. So Interesting. Whenever I have seen our like Menlo 150 language or branding, I just think about how Disneyland's doing their mm -hmm. thing too. And I'm like, oh, this, there's a lot of connections here. I like it. Yeah. That's right. Mickey yeah. Mouse is showing up to ours too. <laughs> there's headed Mickeys everywhere. You got to right. find them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. And you kind of touched on like, why should we celebrate? How mm -hmm. is celebrating good? How is it not acting in vain of look at us, but more so what are we pointing to and what does celebrating have to do with that? Yeah, and uh, I think that celebration, we all have times in our life where we celebrate, so it's, mm -hmm. it's not a brand new concept, but uh, I think it can feel a little weirdly narcissistic yeah. to do church celebrations and go like, we're awesome. Uh, and so I think trying to help folks pivot, it's really to say, God, you're incredibly faithful and kind. And what we have seen over and over again is the faithfulness of God uh, in the work of the church at Menlo and beyond. Uh, and I paralleled it back to a passage where we get this idea of Ebenezer yeah. mm -hmm. uh, from Samuel the prophet. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a hymn, Here I Raise My Ebenezer. Mm -hmm. I think most people that sing that hymn have no idea what that word means. It's just a Scrooge. Fun, fun word, right? Or maybe, yeah, a character <laughs> That's from usually a movie. what you think of. <laughs> nice. uh, but Ebenezer was this, uh, this stone of help mm -hmm. that after the uh, Jewish people survived a battle that they really shouldn't have with the Philistines. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they set this stone of help there as an object of remembrance. And then that became a pattern uh, for God's people. And so now when we think about like an Ebenezer, that's like an object of remembrance. And for them, it wasn't just about looking back and going, wow, God, thanks for doing that back then. It's about trusting that if God could do that back then when it seemed impossible, he can 
take on whatever's in front of us. And I think that this 150 year anniversary feels incredibly important at Menlo to say, hey, the best the best days are ahead. God's going to continue to be faithful and do great things. And if we think, yeah, but that's not possible, there are so many times throughout Menlo's history and throughout the history of the church over the last 2,000 years when it looked like the cards were stacked against us and uh, and yet God showed up and was faithful. And this year, I think, will be a chance for us to remember that collectively. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that thinking is far off from where we've been in the past. Uh, you told this story about unity in community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so let's let's talk about that a little bit, because I found that like very inspiring for um, people, for us as, you know, our history to be up against the wall, and yep. then somehow God made a way. Yeah, so, um, you know, the point or the time was right after World War II, the kind of downtown Menlo Park was being redeveloped into what we think of it as today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that came a bill for Menlo Church for $9,000 to the city. And uh, at the time, Menlo had an annual budget of $9,000 <laughs> and uh, had experienced, you know, Menlo was a military town uh, in a number of ways throughout mm. different points in um, World War One and World War II. So after, after the wars were done, oftentimes things would sort of... Um, yeah, w- would shrink back a little bit. So this was a this could have been a really really disruptive bill that could have actually shut the church down. But because Menlo was making such a difference in the community around, uh, there was there were nine other churches, city officials, business leaders that they not Menlo they formed a committee called Unity and Community, and uh, they said Menlo we actually don't want your help in this. You just keep doing what you're doing. Those other churches, those community leaders, those businesses, they went door to door throughout Menlo Park and said, will you help us support Menlo mm-hmm. Church so that they can continue to make a difference and raise the wow. $9,000 for us? And uh, yeah, you say that now and you're like, that it sounds that like a weird. after yeah. school special. Like that <laughs> yeah. doesn't happen, <laughs> right. but it happened. And so uh, I think, yeah, hopefully it reminds us the kinds of things that God can do where we go, oh man, what? how are we going to make... How are we going to solve that problem? How are we going to address that need in our community? How are we going to close that financial gap? And God goes, hey, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I got it. So uh, hopefully it gives us encouragement along the way. Yeah. Are you a big history guy? I like history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I can tell. Do you have a favorite part or point of history or like Ooh. world history, U.S. history? Like what's your jam? Um, Jesus. What, what yeah, is your toast when it comes yeah, to history? I, I, just, <laughs> I, I really, I've liked different times in history for different reasons. Uh, I think that uh, a rootedness in history gives me a greater confidence in my faith because I think okay. mm. uh, biblical Christianity and the movement of the church throughout history feels very affirming to the work of God in our world. I'm very thankful for that. Um, I think, you know, ancient Near East stuff, obviously, I have a draw to. Yeah. Uh, my mom is also a first generation, she was a first generation American Russian Jew. And her family came, uh, her family uh, immigrated out of Russia as Ashkenazi Jews right before World War II. Wow. And so I have a lot of interest in World War II. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, weirdly, I have, like, it it doesn't really matter what Alyssa makes fun of me. Whatever it is, I'm probably going to study it, so. Interesting. So for for prepping prepping this and learning about Menlo's history, um, I'm guessing that was a fun soul filling process as opposed to like not I don't know like <laughs> hist- I, I enjoy history yeah. and I think it's interesting but 
especially when we're so close to it. But at the same time, I could see it not being that for yeah, many people. I think what's helpful is that we have, I mean, at Menlo, we have uh, just this incredible stewardship of people that have been here a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, we have people that have been here decade after decade after decade after decade. Mm -hmm. Somebody was telling me that, um, I do not remember their name, and I wouldn't say it without asking permission, but there's somebody at Menlo who um, came when they were three months old in the nursery and they're 90 now. Oh my God. And you're like, that's amazing. Whoa. I had somebody walk up to me this weekend who's older and they said, what? hey, I just want you to know I was not at the first service for Menlo. <laughs> 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 um, I actually had a guy in Saratoga come up and um, he said that his daughter went to Saratoga High School, which is yeah, across yeah. the street, yeah. Yeah. and they had some sort of ceremony and they used the church. So he was in the church back in, I think he said 2002. Yeah. And then he hadn't stepped foot, hadn't stepped foot, oh my gosh, why can't I speak? Hadn't stepped back on the property yeah. until I think he said four or five years ago when yeah. they came back to Menlo. And so he had said, Josh Robertson, campus pastor, like was like, raise your hand of like, you've been here. like. 20 years, 30 years. And he's like, I, I wanted to like raise my hand to uh, say like, yeah. I was here once in 2002. And then I, he was like so excited to That's tell funny. everybody Aww. it was really sweet. Yeah, but I think that, you know, when you get a chance to hear history that feels living, like yeah. the, through someone's eyes and experience, that feels really, really special. Uh, and I just think that for a lot of people at Menlo, they have a lot of pride, whether that's through like Menlo Park stuff, or I think Saratoga is a really unique campus, right? Because there's not just... Um, Menlo history. There's history of Saratoga mm -hmm. behind that. Right. There's even history now because of folks from San Jose kind of cornerstone history mm -hmm. behind that. And so I think all of those, I, I hope that this gives us an opportunity to kind of think about and be thankful for God's faithfulness and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and even for like newer campuses that maybe don't have the same historic footprint by themselves, like say uh, San Mateo, they do because they're a part of Menlo. And mm -hmm. so... Um, yeah, I, I hope it's a really faith-building time, and there's a committee of folks that have been working on this with me for, I don't know, six or seven months, and they have done a great job of curating a bunch of that work and going into old archives and putting it together. And uh, so one of the things that I hope comes out of this is uh, sort of a unified place of history mm -hmm. for all this stuff that as we move forward that at the Lord willing 200th anniversary, mm -hmm. this is a much easier process for the group that does it then. Yeah. So. And you talked about there's three kind of elements to the Menlo 150 celebration. You mm -hmm. want to talk about those? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, the first one for us that is really relevant to this format is what we're calling Menlo Moments, mm -hmm. uh, where we'll give people a chance to share, like we just talked about, sort of their story, living history in their experience. Uh, how has God used Menlo and used this community to make a difference in their life? And then I think there'll be a fun way for us to take snapshots of those stories, just a couple minutes here and there, uh, in services where they make the most sense. But then the long form of their conversation will feel like this, will feel like a podcast mm -hmm. uh, that you can go listen to or watch all of. Uh, and that'll be really fun and special. <clears throat> that will probably also be the place that eventually, if there's like a, a PDF or something, we say, hey, if you want like a bigger reading of big historic milestones throughout Menlo's history, here's mm -hmm. how to get that. And then there was uh, Menlo Serves, which is an initiative that we're still uh, finishing now and will launch likely uh, in a couple months, uh, which is hopefully an opportunity for all of us at Menlo to leverage this year to serve our communities in really thoughtful ways and for us to celebrate that <coughs> service, to be able to tell the region that we uh, live, work, and play in mm -hmm. that we love you because God loves you and Menlo has been faithful to serve and care 
for 150 years and as many more years as the Lord gives us, we're going to keep doing that. And then uh, November 5th, we're going to do a celebration for Menlo where we have all the campuses come together for one large service uh, and then a party. And so That's music so fun. and fun and games and food and all that. And so I, I think it'll be a really fun way this fall uh, that will happen right around that 150th anniversary um, to be able to have a really, really cool kind of capstone experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I've been meeting with some of the women who are planning that celebration. And if you're interested, like Phil, in this history stuff, there's going to be kind of a cool way to uh, walk through that and see all the, f- the cool things that Menlo did and, and continues to do. And um, it's got a really fun branding that I don't want to uh, release yet, but uh, it's going to be really fun. Teaser. Yeah. Teaser. Yeah. Nice. I like it. And all of this is... I mean, possible because of people saying yes to serving and yes mm-hmm. to pitching in and helping out. And so we had volunteer fair mm-hmm. after the service, Ooh. which was so fun. It was mm-hmm. really fun. Um, let's share some stories from that. Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> Since you're asking. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was at the Mountain View campus, which is just a joy. That yeah. campus is so fun. I feel like they have really great people and just a great space as well. Like they're like patio that's right outside of their auditorium is just set up for hanging out, donuts, coffee, meeting people. It was great. And we were at, um, we had maybe eight or 10 different tables out. One was the creative table, which I was at, which is super fun. Um, But we had a volunteer there, Andrew and Kara, or two volunteers, and they were just the best people (laughs) to just chat. He was so connected and knew so many people there. Mm -hmm. It was astonishing. And he was able to call people out and say, hey, like, I know that you've thought about serving in this area. Let me, like, walk you over to this table or be over here. He was just, like, kind of running things. So (laughs) he was great and made that time just so much fun to see how excited he was about serving. And then just sharing that with those that were like, hey, this is, like, one of my first Sundays here. I don't Mm. even know if, like, I can – am I qualified to be able to do this? And he was like, absolutely. Mm. So that was just an amazing, amazing experience. Was Kara his daughter? I I believe so. Yeah, because I think he, they've got two or three kids, mm-hmm. and kids. their kids also like serve with yeah. them. Like, she was it's like, really sweet. I was like, do you? She's like, yeah, I serve on worship and students and this yeah. and that. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, this yeah. is fantastic. She, yeah. I think, is learning to play drums because he's a yeah. drummer, and she's learning. She's like in so middle rad. school, maybe. Wow, it's yeah. pretty cool. I got to be at the Saratoga campus this weekend. Okay. Um, I think a cool moment for me, I'll share a couple, but uh, getting there, uh, Juice, who works there, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, she was like, come at 830 and we have like a huddle with all of our volunteers across all ministries. So that was like a really cool oh, time. Yeah. Just Josh kind of casting a little vision on what the what the morning is going to look like and getting to mm-hmm. hear from the a couple different of the staff people to say like what's going on and stuff and just to all be there together. And uh, it just felt really like, hey, we're all unified in this. Even though we're serving in different areas, mm-hmm. we're all coming together to serve Jesus. And so that was a cool moment. Um, <clears throat> I also will shout out my partner. Her name is Jenny. She uh, is a high school teacher. And so she was like okay. high school teacher energy, screaming at people like, <laughs> hey, you want to come serve? Like not in an annoying way, like sure. very high school teacher way. And um, so she got people to just come over the table and they're like, Oh, well, I mean, I play piano. And she's like, great, sign up. <laughs> like, got people to sign up that were, like, not even planning to. But they're like, oh, well, I just, you know, I didn't yeah. think you needed more volunteers. Or I don't, 
you know, Saratoga congregation is a little gears, a little older. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, oh, I, you know, I don't know. And she's like, no, like we can use everybody in any way. We had one woman's like, uh, I play, I'm classically trained in the clarinet. And she's like, Jenny's like, great, sign up. We'll use you. Oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and so it was just like uh, Sam Talbert is somewhere in the corner, just weeping. He literally <laughs> <laughs> standing there, like, oh, cool. But yeah. it was just really cool that she just was like, yeah, anybody can serve. Like, get in the game, get connected, like, find your spot. We will make Sorry. it work. And it was just cool to see the different tables and the different ministries being represented. And also, it was cool being there because a lot of, uh, I, for those of you who have listened a while, I started working at the Mountain View campus, was there for about seven or eight years before I came to the Central team. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our Mountain View folks uh, pioneered Saratoga. And mm -hmm. so it was cool to see some of them again, like, oh, yeah, you're still here. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's good to see you. That's fun. So it was mm -hmm. a sweet, sweet morning. That's really fun. Yeah, I, I do think that a, a place like Menlo, if you just so, sort of show up, um, it can just feel like, well, everything's covered. Like, you guys, yeah, you got it. Totally. Right? And you don't yeah. know that <clears throat> sometimes the duck that you see so calmly floating on the water <laughs> is actually freaking out under the surface. <clears throat> and sometimes what it took to get that kid's classroom uh, fully equipped and ready for your kids mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. have the stage ready to hopefully lead you into meaningful time of worship that, yeah, it's, it's not always as smooth as it looks. And yeah. um, it's, it's not just that we want to try and help that process be smoother it's that we actually want you to be a part of it yeah. and uh, we really believe that god's given you a, a set of gifts uh, that are designed not exclusively for you they're designed for the body of believers that you align your heart and soul to you and mm -hmm. so um helping people find the place that they're built to serve is is really fun and i, I think for me i was uh skeptical of the ministry fair experience because I grew, I grew up in church, and we've had ministry fairs in mm -hmm. church for a long time, mm -hmm. and I think they can over time just become this like very church culture feeling, yeah. unapproachable, yeah. weird, you know, thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I, I thought the team did a great job making it very understandable to somebody that's a brand new Christian, or maybe even somebody that's not a Christian, but looking for a place to serve. That's been a fun. Uh, I think, you know, Ben on our um, central team who uh, makes the broadcast happen at Menlo Park, he's got really fun stories of people that serve on his team. He's like, yeah, they're not even really a person of faith. They just yeah. Yeah, like the gear and they want to help. And it gives us an avenue to have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's amazing, right? Like such a, a fun and cool thing. And um, yeah, there were just a, a few conversations. There was one conversation about uh, a family member who came last week and really uh, had not heard Faith talked about kind of the way we talked about it last week mm -hmm. as permission giving to understanding that doubt could be a component of your faith and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, they brought a friend with them this week that was like even kind of further from considering God. And the person that they knew that's a mental person was like, you have no idea how helpful it was that we just like broke down what the gospel is mm. for these two yeah. very brand new people within just the first couple weeks of them being here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it was a really fun weekend to see that much life and activity mm -hmm. after the service. We talk a lot about how do we facilitate that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so this weekend was a fun picture of what that could look like. Yeah. yeah. What struck me as well was the community that was the volunteer, like the volunteers that were serving with us or serving on that Sunday 
Like they were excited to hang out with each other. And I don't think that that's a piece when you think about, oh, I'm, I'm going to sign up to serve on the worship team. So that means I'm going to play an instrument or I'm going to sing. Mm-hmm. But really, like you're invited into a community of people that have similar interests, that want to hang out, that will yeah. barbecue and practice music together. And like that community piece or that um, just growing together or all heading together in the same way, like that's something I never really thought about when I said yes to serving mm-hmm. for the first time. But that's probably why I continued serving, to be honest, was just the people that I was around and having fun while serving, not just like, cool, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to sign up and like take some tape off the stage or, you know. (laughs) That was your first role, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was literally taking tape off the stage. But it was like, oh, I get to hang out and talk to people that are as interested in this as I am. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we all grow up in environments where sort of the social hierarchy is very confusing. And it's like, well, how do I get to be with the cool kids? Right. like what they they seem to really like each other. How did how did that work out? And so you find yourself kind of on the outside looking in. And I think when it works best, what serving represents as an opportunity for folks in church is a very clear pathway to social connection. To go, hey, I really like music. What do I do here? I don't know. Get involved in music. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm super passionate about prayer. What should I do? I join the team that prays a lot. You know, like there's yeah. just instant connection and camaraderie because you're aligning a passion that you have, the heart that you have, maybe spiritual gifts and skills that you have with other people that share the same ones. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully that's able to kind of magnify the impact for Mm -hmm. how how that can help other people. One fun example I can think of is the Mountain View worship team has gone through multiple iterations of worship leaders over the last couple years. And so the volunteer team themselves have just gotten really close and really Mm -hmm. strong. And they ended up making a band during COVID that they like cover, you know, old songs from the 90s. They even do like Britney Spears and Taylor Swift. Uh, Shout (laughs) out NOS, N-O-S, which still nobody knows why they called them that. They don't even seem to know. Mm -hmm. At least Kevin doesn't. But um, so it's like, yeah, like you end up having this whole like community of friends and you can do fun things like Mm -hmm. end up like creating a band that plays, you know. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Anything else, Phil? Uh, I mean, I think that my hope is that this weekend represents an invitation. Maybe if you are sort of coming back to Menlo, coming back to church at all, dipping your toe in, just an invitation to say, not heavy-handed, but um, if if church is like, a, hey, this is a comfortable hobby in my life, you're probably not listening to this podcast, to be honest, <laughs> but um, if somehow you are... Uh, a lot of the things that we're doing are going to make your hobby less convenient and more annoying. Um, but the habits that we're advocating for are the ones that will actually shape and help your life. Uh, if all church is, is how do I get to the most convenient and compelling 60 minutes of content when it's convenient for me, I would just say aim higher. God's got something so much better for you than that. And so mm-hmm. I hope this weekend and Menlo this fall, whether it's about celebrating the legacy of 150 years whether it's about developing habits of generosity as we finish out our fiscal year over the last handful of days, whether that's getting involved and serving somewhere, they're finding a group. There are lots of ways to get involved. And so um, finding your spot might just be taking a specific single step um, this week or this fall. If you go, I really want my life to be different. I want my faith to be more meaningful. Uh, if the way you're going to do that is by continuing the same behavior of intermittently attending gathered worship or checking something out online, I would venture to say it's probably not going to accomplish what you hope it will. 
Should we uh, do a little sneak peek of the next series that starts this Sunday? Yeah. For sure. Teach us how to pray. Yep, yep. So uh, one of the coolest things uh, that we see in a conversation between Jesus and his disciples is when they just ask a question that we're all wondering, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. That's very helpful. <laughs> like, we're all wondering. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Jesus gets to just give direct, specific answers to it. And so uh, his disciples ask that question, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And uh, Jesus says, sure. And he gives them a prayer. Well, he, he does a couple things. One, he says, don't just prayer, don't just offer prayer that's needlessly repetitive for the sake of showing off because that's what the religious people do. And then he gives a framework of prayer that we've turned into a needlessly repetitive prayer. That's a different, <laughs> that's a different podcast. Um, but if you've ever heard the prayer, right? Like our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be our name, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Um, that prayer is the pattern that Jesus gave to his disciples. And so we're actually, over the next few weeks, going to teach that pattern of prayer. Now, it doesn't mean that saying the Lord's Prayer is bad or memorizing the It's great. It's terrific. But it's it's like understanding the syllabus to the class that you're about to start. It's mm -hmm. not designed to be the class. It's designed to show you the skeleton on which the rest of it can hang. Mm -hmm. And so uh, hopefully it'll give people a chance if, if prayer for you has been like, why do I pray? And it feels like every prayer I'm offering is just me talking to a divine ATM machine. And I say, here's the thing that I think you want me to say before I tell you the thing mm -hmm. that I really want. Will you give me the thing that I want? Only if you put your password in, right? Right, exactly right. <laughs> uh, or sometimes, three chances. Yeah, sometimes I call it a, a divine uh, vending machine, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think hopefully it'll give us a chance to look at the more comprehensive nature that's possible to talk to God. And uh, if for you, prayer maybe is an area of your spiritual life that's stagnated or you're wondering, man, how do I grow in this? Good news. Guys that were literally rolling with Jesus every day were asking the same question. Mm -hmm. And so we'll get to dive into that teaching together. Yeah. And shocker, our formation practice for this one is prayer. Whoa. So uh, we've got, we'll have some resources up later this week uh, sure. on menlo.church slash teach us how to pray. There'll be a nice guide, weekly guide to go through, and it mm -hmm. breaks down exactly what Phil's talking about. So definitely check that stuff out. And we're going to give people a chance to pray specifically for people who are close to you in life but far from God. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're doing that on purpose because the series after this one uh, is about exploring faith, exploring God. And uh, we really want you to be thinking about who God is calling you to invite to experience that series with mm -hmm. you. And so hopefully this series will be a chance for you to pray for them, pray for yourself and your own kind of posture and relationship towards mm -hmm. them. And if you're like, it feels like all this stuff is working together. That's the plan. Wow. So. wow. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's exciting. Thanks so much, Phil. Of course. Yeah. And have a great week, everyone. If you need any prayer encouragement, you can text us 650-600-0402. Send in your prayer requests because I think uh, we are going to be doing some live prayer on Instagram Ooh. in the mornings on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday with that prayer team that I mentioned earlier where we will pray for you. We invite you to be there with us live to pray as well. So kind of a new thing there that I'm very nervous Fun. about. So prayers ah, for me. No, you'll be great. And uh, yeah, have a great week. Bye. Thanks everybody. See you guys. See ya.